This Front Row Rugby episode appeared originally on YouTube. Our guest today is former Springbok loose forward and captain Tian Strauss. Tian, a warm welcome to Front Row Rugby. Thank you very much, Peter, and uh, yeah, great to be on Front Row. Just before we get started, the trivia question for today. Who scored the Springbok's first test try of the 1993 season? If you know the answer to that, you can put it in the comment section below. Also, at the end of our conversation with Tian, we'll find out if he knows the answer to that question as well. Tian, let's start in 1992. How disappointed were you to miss out on those first two test matches against the All Blacks and the Wallabies? Yeah, I think, uh, uh, Peter, it was obviously a new era that we were going into, and it was just great to see international rugby back um, you know, in South Africa. So... Look, obviously, um, uh, everybody's got hopes and uh, the rugby's been been going quite well at that stage. And But, you know, I, I haven't been part of that, um, any Springbok group. I know they had the Invitational team that we played against the Pacific Islands in 89. Uh, you know, and I think also it was almost uh, that... Uh, Selectors wanted to give the guys uh, that were almost uh, towards the end of their career a chance to, you know, play for the Springboks because they've missed out uh, so long. So, yeah, obviously, you know, uh, you were hoping to be part of the the group, but it wasn't um, it wasn't uh, like uh, you know a thing that you were really um, uh, disappointed because I don't think I expected to be part of the group at that stage. So. Uh, so yeah, but it was just great to to know that it's starting and um, and that we're getting back into um, into international rugby and then yeah, hopefully uh, we knew there's going to be tours and stuff. So it was uh, great excitement for all the players. And speaking of that tour, you went to France and England at the end of 1992. You made your debut against France. How special was it to also win that day? Yeah, no, it, it was quite special because I think uh, the French were the outright favourites. We, um, you know, came off the, the obviously the two tests that we lost in South Africa and then also a lot of new players, a lot of young players that's never played international rugby. And then uh, to go out that first test and uh, and then win, um, it, was, um, it was fantastic because, yeah, you always dream of a test debut, but win on your debut is also uh, it's also special yeah i've had nas buerta on the show before i'll actually put the link up on the screen and not only nas some other players as well who spoke about the provincialism that they experienced on that tour the idea that the western province guys would stick together the transvaal guys would stick together um Vili hills actually made an interesting point where he said that it almost seemed as if there were two camps where there was a group of people who were following Nas and there was another group that wanted Yanni Briet maybe to be the captain. How did you experience all of that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't experience too much of it. I mean, there was, there was definitely a little bit a little bit of it because, I mean, especially I think at that stage, it was um, the biggest rivalry was between Western Province and Northern Transvaal. So it was a little bit between those guys. But look, I was my roommate was... Uh, um, uh, Jack, you know, uh, uh, Jack Willifey, the winger. I mean, he was my roommate and we uh, we became great friends. And I remember I spent quite a bit of time with, with Adolf and, uh, you know, and Uli and, and, uh, and those guys. And so, yeah, I know. I don't know. I didn't experience too much of a, uh, of a split in the camp. I think we all 
uh, knew that, you know, we've got to adapt and uh, make some compromises and stuff. So, yeah, it, it wasn't too bad. Let's move on to 1993. Ian McIntosh is now the new coach. And there were discussions at the time that maybe you were going to be the new Springbok captain. Obviously, we know Francois Pino became the skipper uh, in the end. But I'm just curious, were there any discussions that Mac had with you around the captaincy? Look, uh, not directly, no. I think that was kept at the um, at a selectors um, sort of level. And um, it was just, yeah, you just hear all the rumors and, and that and this. And uh, I think the the main thing also that, that made the difference is that you know, at that stage, uh, the Transvaal team uh, was uh, quite prominent. They were also the reigning Super 10 champions, and they had most of the, you know, they had most of the guys in the in the Springbok squad. So it was sort of a, how can I say, almost a, a more a logical thing that the captain comes from the, the team that's got the most players in the in the squad. You know, so I think that was the. It was quite a, a, I think, an important factor that played a role. Yeah. And then you went to Australia, played that three-test series against the Wallabies. How special was it to beat the Wallabies in that first test in Sydney? Again, uh, we were underdogs. They were, you know, um, obviously, when was it, 91 world champions. And uh, so they were definitely the favourites on the, on the night. And, uh, yeah, but I think we were quite very motivated and uh, I think maybe they underestimated us a little bit. Uh, we had great intensity and we pulled off a few moves that probably they didn't expect and uh, and scored some great tries. Um, I think uh, the one lesson at that stage that we learned from that tour is, you know, that's the, it almost felt like we, after the first test, we had a winning recipe and we're going to stick with that. You know, this is, um, it should work, but uh, and that's what I learned later from Australia is um, it's so important to plan for every test. And they changed a lot of things from the first and the second test that we didn't anticipate. And they outsmarted us, you know, uh, and, and then they, they beat us. So I think at that stage, we we had very little, obviously, international experience. And uh, we we didn't know how to, uh, that you need to plan every test and need to have surprises every test because you can never rest on your uh, lowers because the, the competition is so close, you know. So that's one important lesson that we, that we learned. Yeah. And then after that, it was off to Argentina for a, a two-test tour. I had Peter Miller on the show a couple of episodes. I'll also put that uh, video link on the screen. Uh, Peter commented that he loved the Argentina tours for, and I'm quoting, the pretty girls and the nice meat. Would you go along with that? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that was... Still, some of the best meat I've eaten, and the biggest steaks. You know, we've never seen that that big steaks. I remember we walked into a, um, a restaurant, and the guy had a, a big grill, and he was on coals as well, and um, and he had these big steaks. And I asked, you know, how much did they weigh? It was like a big T-bone, and he said like between 1.3 and 1.5 kilos a steak. You know, and I think it was only. Oli Larue and and Atherton that could finish the steaks. You know, the other guys just that sort of half of it yeah and uh yeah and then on the other side we all know that the argentinian girls are very pretty so that was um also part of the good experience from south america yeah tian you scored three of your four test tries against argentina was there something about them that you took a particular liking to yeah no i think it was just coincidence not not really um 
but I must say at that state, I think we were quite a bit better than Argentina. They they were the I'm going to say the easier um, opponents. They weren't as strong as they are today, and uh, so we, you know, most of the tests at that stage, we we would sort of won comfortably. So uh, yeah, but it was just yeah a coincidence that I scored the tries against them. So but it. Uh, it was good. I always say that in Argentina, the, the the difficult games, the same was in France. It was the provincial games, you know, because then you had local referees and the local crowd, and uh, yeah, then it's a different ball game. The tests, the tests were the easier easier games uh, actually on that tour. All right, let's go on to 1994, uh, first test against England in Pretoria at Loftus. I remember that the English didn't really impress in the provincial games leading up to that first test match. And there was a lot of feeling, I think certainly among the fans and, and I think the media as well, that we were going to win that series easily and comfortably. And then we actually got hammered in that first test match. What went wrong? I think it was uh, definitely like you, you touched on it, that we um, we were, uh, you know, we had a reasonable uh, team the previous year and we did... Uh, fairly well and we expected you know that we would uh, beat the English and like I said they, they weren't that impressive and yeah I don't know we just had, didn't have the intensity uh, that day and also um, our set pieces weren't very good you know we lost uh, a couple of lineouts and things like that and, and gave away unnecessary penalties that um, that kept the pressure on us so yeah it was just one of the day those days everything we tried uh, you know, didn't come off, and uh, yeah, and it's difficult when you're on the field and it's happening to to turn it around. You know, so uh, yeah, that was um, not one of our best, te- better tests that day, definitely. Uh, we obviously went on and uh, beat them in the second test at Newlands in Cape Town in a in a really uh, good performance, and then off to New Zealand. Uh, Peter Miller, I'm going to mention that name again. Uh, Adrian Richter is another one that we've had here on Front Row Rugby, and they both told me that. The New Zealand tour was the toughest one that they ever went on. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, I think definitely because, um, you know, we've played so many games. I think if I can remember correctly, we played 14, um, 14 games and, you know, two a week. And uh, it just, it's just that they're, obviously we know the provincial rugby is is a high standard. So every, those guy, guys, they live uh, to play against the Springboks, you know, for that was... The, you know, for a lot of them, that's the highlight of their um, their career, and they want to play out of their shoes, and they want to tackle the hell out of you. And uh, yeah, it, it was just tough games, all of them. You know, uh, and a lot of them were in the mud and rain. I remember Dan Eden. Um, you know, we didn't, we haven't experienced conditions like that really in South Africa before uh, because we have toured a lot. And uh, I remember we actually went to play. Uh, golf was it on the Wednesday or something, and the the greens were actually frozen. You know, you would you would chip the ball on the green, and it would just run off. It's like a table. You know, it was like frozen. So we had to uh, abandon our golf game after a few holes. But uh, on that Saturday, it rained so much they had um, you know the water was like uh, two three inches right across the park, and they had to. They got a machine, almost like a big harvest machine, to pump the water off the pitch. And uh, but it was difficult conditions, you know. So um, and you play quite uh, in a harsh environment down. I remember in in Macargill, it's cold as hell there, and uh, it's a it's a very hostile environment. So uh, 
so yeah, it was difficult. The circumstances, tough, and uh, and the opponents were uh, were very motivated every game. But you did get to captain the Springboks uh, in the first Test match uh, against the All Blacks. Tell me about that experience. Yeah, no, obviously, um, I think yeah, Francois got concussed the game against Wellington, and then uh, you know, Jan Engelbrecht was our manager. He came to speak to me, and he said, yeah, but you know, uh, we wanted the captain, but you have to play. Uh, on the flank, which is not my usual position at that stage, but that was fine. And uh, yeah, obviously, uh, you know, it's such a, a great honor. And uh, and the first test, you know, there's a huge expectancy. And I think, you know, we were ready for that game. And I think, yes, we, we played, we started on fire. We played extremely well. And uh, unfortunately, they didn't, didn't convert our kicks. I think we missed about four kicks that day. Uh, I still believe we should have won that that game. Uh, we were we had probably had the upper end most of the game, but just couldn't convert. But yeah, obviously disappointing not to not to win that game. But uh, yeah, it was a fantastic experience. And then after that, a home series against Argentina, where you scored another t- uh, of your test tries. Uh, and I know that Ian McIntosh had been replaced by Kitch Christie. But after that Argentina series, that was the end of your Springbok career. What happened? There's a couple of things. I think uh, we went on to obviously the end of the year tour uh, in, uh, in in England, and um, I was, uh, you know, still in the in the A side. Okay, so you had your your weak side and your A side, and then I actually got a bit of a flu, and I got replaced by by Stroyley for that game against Swansea. That was the Saturday team. And they destroyed Swansea, uh, I think 50 points or something. And then, uh, yeah, then obviously uh, that was a good performance. So I um, I didn't get selected here for the for the first test we played. You know, and the and the following test I was on the bench uh, for for two of the tests. Uh, but yeah, it was one of those things. Those days you didn't uh, they didn't swap players just for the sake of swapping them. The the guys, you know, they. They had to get injured before they before they made any changes. So um, yeah, I think uh, unfortunately didn't uh, didn't work out on that tour. But we still yeah, I think we still had a good good end of the year tour. Were there any kinds of conversations that you were having with Kitch Christie at, at that point in terms of your future? I think he um, he didn't believe that I uh, my form was right because we played. Remember, we had a conversation. We had played against. Uh, I um, can't remember which uh, was a, proven- uh, a weekend, uh, a midweek team. And uh, we lost. It was also a very wet game and uh, muddy and everything, but we lost. And he just said, no, my, my form is not this and that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we had a, a short conversation that he, um, he didn't think that I was um, the, how can I say, the best player uh, for the position at that stage, so that's why he's going to stick with um, with Rudolf. Yeah, but that was about it. Yeah, and then obviously in 1995, and you were not selected for 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 the World Cup team. Um, again, were there any conversations that you had with with Kitch Christie around that, or was it just a case of you found out that you were not selected and that was the end of it? Yeah, no, there were there were no conversations. Um, yeah, obviously you part of the how can I say the group, and then. Um, yeah, towards the the final, um, 
we played we played the invitation side against province just before the day before the announcements and uh, yeah i thought it went well and everything but um yeah no there were no conversations um but yeah kitsch you know made it clear um a while later that while um, you know france was captain and he's part of the the um the coaching team that i won't play for the springboks again so uh yeah they were definitely um uh you know like, how can i say that he yeah didn't believe in uh in me in that stage and uh and that he couldn't see that myself and francois could fit into the team uh, together you know and what was your personal relationship like with francois yeah i never had a, a problem with francois we yeah we got on on uh, fairly okay I, i would never say we were friends but i mean there was nothing uh you know bad between us so uh i think it was just more uh, a call that christy made that uh, you you uh it could be uh but a uh, but of a conflict of um followers you know because yeah i i think a lot of the natal free state and the province guys um sort of saw me as a as the captain and um so i think um you know kids wanted to avoid that the uh uh two um sort of leaders in the group you know speaking of that uh, i mean i'm from cape town i grew up the western province supporter and then later the stormers uh, and when i was a boy not trying to make you feel old but you were the captain of province at the time and like i can remember like being say at a brian you'd hear my father and my uncles you know they'd be talking about the springboks and how tian strauss should be in the team or he should actually be the captain ahead of francois and i have no doubt that you would have heard those kind of conversations as well um what was that like for you having to to hear that kind of stuff while being out of the the picture yeah and no, obviously it hurt it a lot because uh, i mean i i trained very hard for 95 i obviously that was going to be a highlight of the career so um yeah it was not nice to hear those kind of conversations and yeah i think it was especially not nice because you would think it it wasn't really on the ability or your not deserving your place but more about uh, personal clashes you know which um which make it made it a bit harder to uh, to accept you know so um yeah but i think it happens in uh, it happens in sport every day and every year so you've just got to accept it and and move on you know So how easy was it for you then to make the decision to move to Australia? Yeah, I think that wasn't the preferred option, but I think at that stage it was the I thought that was the correct option because the door was sort of closed on on this side, so uh it was a great opportunity that came along and uh yeah, I I think um you know, rugby just turned professional and uh we got a few of us got an offer to go and play league and you know that stage we've played 10 years in south africa and it uh, it sounded just like a a great new sort of opportunity and adventure you know to go and learn live in another country and and uh, try a new um, code and uh, yeah i think it was quite exciting and and a, a nice adventure and that adventure obviously culminated with you then qualifying to play for the wallabies and you made your debut for them I'm keen to hear from you what was it like playing for Australia against the Springboks. <laughs> yeah, I think uh you know the 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 build up to the test was actually the the hardest the whole week uh building up to the first time that we played against um uh South Africa because um 
yeah, obviously there was a lot in the press about this and that. And, you know, you've got a lot of mixed emotions within in yourself and how are you going to react on the day? And, you know, it was the Springboks was such a big, a big thing for me as well. So, uh, yeah, no, it wasn't easy. But I think, um, you know, once you run onto the field and, uh, and the game starts, you just play for your team. You know, they, you, you sort of put the emotional side out, out of the way and uh, you just play to the best of your ability for your team, you know. And, yeah, I think there was a lot of um, banter uh, between the players, but I think it was all good. Uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't too nasty, but yeah, there was some some good good banter from from some of the <laughs> the Springbok players. Yeah, and then you helped the Wallabies win the World Cup in 1999. What was that like? Uh, yeah, no, it was you know I always say um, sometimes you're privileged just to be part of a of a great team, and I think it was almost like in the mid 80s when we were that the Western Province team. It was just one uh, one of the greatest. Uh, provincial teams, you know, and I think the same goes for that Wallaby, Wallaby team. It not wasn't just playing, um, you know, for the Wallabies, but uh, specifically that team. If you look at that, you know, all the players in that team, they are they were a great bunch of blokes and very talented uh, players. And um, you know, I'm still good friends with a lot of them. And I think that made it uh, sort of more special, you know, to um, to be part of a, a team like that. And it was. Um, you know, uh, I think um, missing out on the on the '95 World Cup, obviously, it was a it was a great um, uh, how can I say compromise that, uh, to be part of of the team that won the the '99 uh, World Cup. You know, so yeah, no, definitely a highlight and a very special moment. Tian, I ask this of all my guests: Can you share with us a funny or memorable moment? from your time with the Springboks? I think in the amateur era, uh, the players had a lot more fun, which was um, which was great. I think, um, you know, uh, uh, since the game became professional, it's a lot more serious and the players don't have, don't have that, uh, that much fun anymore. But, um, and also, you know, you've got uh, the, 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 the characters like, um, yes, we, had, we had so many characters like, uh, you know, Christian Stewart and you had um, Adri Gelnais and and these guys that were really um, good characters. But I remember uh, we were actually playing in New Zealand and uh, and uh, you know Adri was quite well known for um, for his uh, fighting or eating some of the players and uh, this uh, obviously opponent of him was irritating him and there was this fight. Uh, you know, like <clears throat> always going on, and I just I, I was the captain. We were playing in the Rotorua that day, the muddy game, and uh, I said to the guys, you know, like just um, we've got to stop it. The ref is not happy. You know, he's going to penalize. He's going to send somebody off, and it wasn't the next um, line out. And when the ball went out, boof, um, Audrey hit this guy, his opponent, and I. Called him and I said, Audrey, we just spoke to him. What what is the problem now? Why? What has the guy done? He said, No, no. I can't believe it. I've only seen it now. This guy, he's playing with low cut boots. He's got no respect for me. You don't play with low cut boots, boots against me. <laughs> I've just got to teach him a lesson. <laughs> so he found he found a good enough reason to 
to hit the guy because he played with low-cut boots on. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, Dion, uh, thank you very much. Just before I say goodbye to you, um, let's have a look at this week's trivia question. Who scored the Springboks' first test try of the 1993 season? Tian, do you know the answer? Yes. No, that was... <laughs> you played in that test match, by the way. That's, that's your clue. That was, uh, must have been against Australia. Uh, against France, 1993, Durban. Oh, 93 against France, yeah. Um, yeah, my guess would be maybe James Small. It's not a bad guess, but the answer is Uli Schmidt. Okay. Good stuff, yeah. Dion, that also brings an end to our conversation uh, today. Thank you very much for being available, and it was lovely to have you on Front Row Rugby, and I hope we can have you on again in the future. Yeah, no, Peter, my pleasure, and good luck with your show. Last time on Front Row Rugby, we had Vili Hills with us. You can go and watch that video. It's appearing on the screen right now. Next time, Tim Glulani will be here. This Front Row Rugby episode appeared originally on YouTube. If you enjoyed this content, please consider subscribing and sharing with your friends. See you next time.